everyone. Welcome to Mapping the Tropes. This is a romance podcast where we'll be exploring different romantic tropes across different types of media. My name is Marianne. My name is Adriana. And my name is Paola. And we will be discussing today the trope Friends with Benefits. Yay! Friends with Benefits! Now, this is, I feel like, a trope for people with taste. <laughs> Now, there's a lot of like this discussions about like it can be so messy like yes the messiness is the point about all of these things because you, there are feelings involved there's past involved I don't know about you guys but that's my my feelings about it and I can read the sort of a little bit of an overview of what the <laughs> the famous infamous perfect uh website <laughs> tvtropes.org uh what it says about friends with benefits let's see what it says it reads this is this is tvtropes.org i <laughs> bear that in mind um alice and bob enjoy getting together for sex wild rampant unrestrained bed shaking so loud it annoys the neighbors idealized sex With this much enthusiasm going on, you can just tell that these two are perfect soulmates, bonded for life. Except they aren't. As it turns out, their intense attraction for each other ends outside of the bedroom. Maybe their personalities clash, or perhaps neither of them wants a long-term relationship. When they're not doing the horizontal hula, <laughs> which they could be just friends quietly indifferent or even argumentative if they're on good terms they might share relationship advice to help each other find true love but until that happens they'll get together to knock boots every saturday just for the fun of it it is likely but far from necessary that they are both ethical sluts <laughs> some people draw a distinction between friends with benefits and fuck buddies In this view, fuck buddies are couplings with no emotional relationship, just great sense. Friends with benefits, by contrast, are actually friends outside of the bedroom. Let's discuss this. Let's 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 talk about this. What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, TV tropes has a very vague understanding of what friends with benefits is. As basically, I've read enough books, yeah. you know, to to think that friends with benefits is a, is a little bit more than that and uh, I don't think it's just about knocking boots and just leaving it's about the angst mm -hmm. you know about we're friends but why are we taking this extra step why are we crossing the line should we keep doing this mm -hmm. I don't know what do you guys think yeah that's exactly it but Paola do you have thoughts about this No, I agree. It's it's more than just uh, getting naked with your friend. It's about why are you getting naked with your friend, but you're not like in a stable emotional relationship with your friend if you clearly have that kind of chemistry both in bed and out of the bed. So, but I do enjoy the the, the description that tvtropes.org <laughs> provides. I'm sure everyone loves the term knocking boots every Saturday. Also, we should have named this podcast Ethical Sluts. <laughs> <laughs> Just the, the subtitle of this uh, podcast, uh, Mapping the Tropes Ethical Sluts. But yeah, I think what certainly attracts me to this trope is the like the relationship aspect. Like as Paula mentioned, like 
why aren't they together? They should be together because they clearly have banter or they're there for each other through like emotional or like mental troubles. And now they're adding the 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 sexual tension. They're like breaking that. Why lie to yourselves? Be honest with yourselves. Yeah. The thing I love the most, I love the most when their other friends notice that there's something like between them notice the sparks the chemistry everyone around them already knows that they should be together except these two hard-headed people you know it's exactly it's, that, it's the most wonderful kind of choke to see when when other people interact with them as well and make them try to make sense of their feelings yes definitely because with that usually comes the friends to lovers thing which is where also like that aspect comes in Marianne where, where like the friends are like oh so finally you're admitting your feelings to each other and they're like no 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 they're like in such like the night like oh, it's just sex it's just sex yeah and sometimes friends to lovers doesn't actually cross the line where they actually have um sex so it's more about the the longing from a distance the oh my god i don't want to break the friendship but here it's more like okay we already crossed this line what do we do how do we come to terms with this and if, should we keep doing it since apparently it's such a good time you know just so fun at least for me to read with like all the layers all the like the sometimes unrequited pining that the when one person starts catching feelings or already had like caught feelings but is in denial <sighs> i love it i love it yeah and some, sometimes one person is completely in denial and the other one was all always always in love with the other one and that's just like excellent pairings for me like keep going give it to me i'll eat it all up thank you <laughs> Yes, yes, exactly. That's the kind of thing that I love the most. And also it makes for great sex scenes because it's the kind of, um, they're the kind of sex scenes that go like in into the relationship and into the intimacy factor that friends with benefits develop, which I love. Yeah, it feels almost cathartic, you know, um, all that build up, all that uh, pent up emotion kind of finally getting resolved in one way or another. Yes, 100%. So with that in mind, I think we should probably get into what books maybe discuss this theme and how we can visualize it better. Uh, for me personally, I think of the book The Roommate Risk by Thalia Hibbert. This book was originally titled Wanna Bet and it was supposed to be an inside joke between the two main characters. So it was remarketed as the roommate risk. So it could be more marketable and better represent the relationship between the two characters. Without getting into too much detail, because I want you guys to read the book. It's amazing, incredible, spectacular. Read anything by Dahlia and you'll be in for the best ride ever. Um, this book is about two people, Jasmine and Raul. And Jasmine is suddenly found apartmentless. She has to find a new apartment. And who better to stay with than her best friend, Raul? Basically, you know, we got one of the first tropes. Um, they were roommates. They have to share like an apartment. That. What's going to happen? So these people, these two protagonists, they've been best friends for years. And they've never gone farther than that. However, 
and this is you know where it gets saucy and where it gets great rahul he has been in love with her for years since basically they've met you know yep i can see you can see how saucy so there there's a little bit of tension going on there but also jasmine she she knows about that she feels that kind of tension and but she has trust issues because of different situations where she's been burned before by family by other people so she doesn't want to be that vulnerable i guess you know she doesn't want to expose herself in such a damaging way so this is where they decide to become friends with benefits and woo the way talia writes these scenes the way she makes people fall in love with each other without them realizing it without them even noticing how it happened that's spectacular it's amazing and i really enjoyed this book a lot um especially because we get to see them not only in present day but we see them in some flashbacks where they were meeting each other where they were slowly getting to know each other from you know from strangers to friends so i guess in a sense this book is also like strangers to friends to friends and benefits to at the very end friends to lovers and it's amazing as with every dalia book um the way this book also tackles issues that are like serious for a romance book it was also incredibly written and i really think uh that this is one of the reasons that I, I enjoyed this book so much because it's a way to you know explore different types of relationships and the best part about it is that it's a very diverse book um the book was called one a bet before because they get into these type of betting situations they always bet on different things and what better bet than falling in love you know so that was my book i thought it was really spectacular but what about you paula i was i i was thinking that our books have something more in common aside from just the um friends with benefits trope because my book is dance with me by alexis daria and in this one uh, our main character our main leading lady she also is left apartmentless because she um i think it it rained and her apartment got flooded and so she has to find a place to stay but she's not really good at asking for help so this uh guy called dimitri oh yeah the name of the leading lady is uh natasha and natasha was a contestant in uh a show where Dimitri judges. Uh, it's called The Dance Off, and this book is called part of the Dance Off series. And so basically she's rendered apartmentless after the flood, and um, Dimitri offers uh, his house for her, and she only agrees on the basis that they don't um, get their hands on each other, which obviously does not work, because they... Uh, they they it's like a second chance friends with benefits it's type of book even though they never gave it a full chance um they're just so basically they they had had something before yeah they but but only sex but they've they've never been able to um confess their feelings for one another 
And in this book, we explore why that is. Oh, that's saucy. It is. And it's very smutty in ways that I wasn't expecting because the first one, the first book uh, in this series is also pretty smutty, but in this one, there's a lot more of like teasing scenes where they're, you know, like touching each other, but they're not full on naked with each other. So it's it's a tease. <laughs> it's a it's a very teasy book, but it's very good. And the thing that I love about this is that we mentioned that Friends with Benefits is uh, provides great sex scenes because there's like emotional exploration in our characters, and we get a couple of those in Dance with Me by Alexis Daria. Yeah, I I remember what I read dance with me that I really liked that aspect of the, the like teasing the like playing with the like lines that they set for each other um I really enjoyed that aspect of the book yeah I also I I don't really remember it that much because it was a few years ago that I read it but I do agree I'm, I love Alexis how she writes romance books and how she develops um the romance between the characters And I did like that they were like in forced proximity to each other. So they had to, one way or another, resolve what they were going through. And it was actually very interesting. She she knows how to like write that like they're they're kind of into each other, but like they're they're keeping the hand close to their chest. They're not like exposing that hand immediately after they like meet or whatever. Um, and I really like that. I like the, the like build up. She knows how, how to do that build up. It's almost like edging through literature. <laughs> <laughs> Especially because they have so many things, things that are holding them back, you know. Uh, Alexis writes like good stakes between the characters and it's it's very interesting to to read all the time. I agree. I agree. And I especially love the the messiness in in Natasha's character because she's not she's not put together like um I think her name is Gina in the other book in the first one she's not that put together she's actually kind of a mess <laughs> and she's like dealing with the messiness that is her adulthood and her career choice because she's a dancer and she she's dealing with a lot of like shame and guilt over the choices that she has made so she beats herself she beats herself up a lot and I like that because a that's relatable to me but also because I think it's incredibly realistic um, to be at that point and also she's in her 20s I think she's like 27 so yeah I, I enjoy the the messiness of it and I also enjoy um, Dimitri's lack of I don't I don't know how to say it but like he he's like incapable of saying what he wants to say to her in the in a way that she gets it and internalizes it because he's also like stumped with his feelings both emotionally stunted both yeah exactly exactly <laughs> they're very emotionally uh incompetent Stunted, both of them yeah, yeah. <laughs> something that I remember about the book is that she also doesn't want to be with him because she's a dancer and he's the judge mm -hmm. and she thought people would judge her for for being with her boss or something like that and I yeah 
despite her being super talented and super, you know, being able to prove that she belonged, she was still afraid that because of being with him, it would be a difficult sort of relationship for her. I liked in the book that the relationship between the two of them are, they're more like colleagues, but with her living there, it develops more into like a friendship. And then develops more into like oh maybe there's a lot more sexual thing tension in here than we thought um I remember there's a scene where she's like dancing by herself in his like private studio and she's like sweating and like has worked hard and then he joins her for like dance or whatever and it was just like the tension here is incredible incredible it's a really really hot book yeah (laughs) it's really really hot like if you enjoy steamy steamy romance novels you should definitely check that out Uh, it's currently out of print but alexis uh in her newsletter which you should uh hop on she mentioned that she might have some news to share soon about that so we hope to see more of it yeah i missed that i missed that universe i might I might do a reread of at least take the lead because that was my favorite. I love the first. I the first one was also my favorite uh, of the series. No offense, Paula. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I really love the first one. Yeah, I think the first one I had a connection to because I read it during Hurricane Maria. Like uh, when we were without electricity, without everything, that's the one of the books that I read. It re- like it resonated with me because it was a escape from everything and I, I really liked it. I, 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 re- I have a strong memory connection of reading the first book because not to sound like a privileged person but this was certainly a privileged per- uh, thing but I was in Costa Rica uh, on a trip and I remember like staying up almost all night like in the middle of a vacation just reading this uh, uh, st- take the lead and I was just like wow this is excellent because I, did, I ended up reading that uh, take the lead and no regrets no regrets for me yes exactly I also remember who, uh, who prompted me to to get take the lead and it was Joss from Scribbles Reads um, I, I, I think she was recommending some romance books and in those um, recommendations came uh, A Princess in Theory by Alisa Cole and Take the Lead by Alexis Daria. So, and she mentioned that it was steamy and I was like, I miss reading steamy books. I should check that out. And so I did and I never went back. What was your book, Adri? Oh, I, I, I'm going to transition into that. When I when I say who who uh, suggested I read take the lead and Alexis Darius book because it was Silvana at the book Boyagers who also was the one who recommended I read the book that I chose for this episode which was Go Deep by Rosie Adams. Um, so this is one of Silvana's favorite books. She's mentioned this to me uh, several times to the point where. Uh, when we were judging the ribbies, we were on a group chat and she was like upset that Go Deep didn't receive more votes. And basically, because we, we'd all had read it, but we were like, we're, we'll get more votes to Go Deep. So <laughs> it gets uh, uh, an award at least. So uh, I really liked Go Deep 
it's it's not like my favorite book like it's Silvana's and she was right it was a really good book um and yeah I I really enjoyed it so here is the summary for it it was all supposed to be so simple Nevaeh Howard is an erotic writer in a rut her readers are fed up of her stale stale plots and Nevaeh can't blame them She's been celibate for over a year and a half since finding her now ex-boyfriend's side chick's positive pregnancy test on her bathroom counter. How can she write steamy romances if she can barely remember which body parts go into the other? Navaya enlists the help of her best friend Sander to revive the inspiration that used to have her sitting comfortably at the top of her game. What happens when the sex hits deeper than either of them expected and the tender emotions can no longer be denied? Navea and Sanders' arrangement has gone far deeper than intended. Will their friendship and their hearts survive the fall? That's the the, the copy description. Now, this is a self-published book, so obviously there's some caveats that come with like self-publishing versus like traditional publishing that like traditional publishing gets a lot more funding and all that which you know a lot of like self-published uh writers uh do spend a lot of money like sending them to like freelance editors these manuscripts so you know they you can enjoy them almost or like exactly as much as you do traditional traditionally published like romance yeah i think there's a bit of snobbery that goes on when people don't want to read books that aren't um traditionally published or they look down on them because they are not traditionally published because some of my favorite romances or some of the best romances i've read are self-published because they don't get a chance through traditional publishing or be just because um, traditional publishing sometimes doesn't want to uh, take that risk, mm -hmm. you know, to publish these sort of books. So it's uh, it's not a deterrent for me that this book would be, um, you know, self-published because it sounds amazing. What did you like the most about it? It's the same thing that attracted me to Roommate Risk, which is the, the part where it's friends to lovers or best friends to lovers because I like a relationship that develops into something more. At least I like thinking about it. Um, <laughs> uh, just because I know from like personal experience that can like be a little bit messy. Um, but when done right, it can be so right. And I think she did that really well in this because first off, it's, I don't think I remember that it was Navaya who recommends starting the with benefits part of their relationship. Basically, she was just like, I need someone to like teach me. And uh, it was Sander who was like, then I'll teach you, I guess. I, I liked that, especially that they didn't like outright like start out with like physical like enjoyment of like sex. Um, at least like they don't start like making out immediately and like go into like the go to bed and start like having like hardcore sex it, it literally it, it really like it's like a build up basically yeah there's there's definitely build up 
because if I'm not mistaken, the he he takes her out to dinner and this after he gives her a like vibrator that she she could wear in like a public space so there's like public you know exhibitionism um and he's so cocky in the restaurant while she's like that is so hot <laughs> uh, i'll say my piece once the the person leaves with the trumpet i'm sorry <laughs> they're celebrating friends with benefits they're celebrating it's it's excellent it perfectly describes the fact that Maria and I are in Puerto Rico and Paula is in Mexico so like it just perfectly describes our uh, our settings <laughs> our, our, our cultural backgrounds literal literally backgrounds. so I think go deep is a perfect celebration of a friendship that goes further of course there's like dark moment quote-unquote in like romances if they're done at like a little bit abruptly um especially when it's like friends with benefits or friends to lovers because you think that because they already have a good relationship they've talked to each other about like both their feelings and like not run away when the when things get real um but that there there's definitely uh the big misunderstanding in the book and they separate for a little bit when they realize that they are starting to get feelings for each other it's funny because they're best friends you know you would think yeah. if we're best friends exactly we'll be comfortable with each other enough to talk or to try and flesh out what's happening but no no it's never like that is it yeah it it, it, it annoys me a little bit to be honest not a little bit like a lot to be honest because like sometimes writers like do the that big misunderstanding really well so you know some writers do it really well but when it feels a little bit abrupt and you as a reader recognize like this could have been talked about man like you could have talked about it why not at that scene instead of like having them just be miserable apart just like have the conversation show through literature that good communication can help in a relationship yeah we'll probably talk more about it in a future episode about these these classic misunderstand uh, misunderstanding tropes but it's uh, what it's true what you say i mean it, sometimes when a misunderstanding is so easily resolved it's kind of annoying to read about it you know like if it were a mis like a big misunderstanding one where you you think oh my god how are they gonna get out of this well that that's a bit more complicated and that's okay but when it's easy ones or very trivial ones you're just like what in the hallmark movie is this? yes you know? yes and Another thing that's a big pet peeve of mine is when the big misunderstanding happens and, you know, the grand gesture, which is a big thing in, like, a romance arc happens, like, they don't take responsibility for whatever happened or there isn't the actual conversation that needs to happen. It's just, like, I realized I was wrong about so-and-so. And I'm I'm here to prove that I, I I'm hugely in love with you. And, like, that's fine and well my dude but like 
where where is the like work that you did like show it you know in math that you the professor asked you show the process of how you got to the solution like show that to us please and show that to your to the person that you're in love with technically yeah because sometimes in the misunderstanding it's not a misunderstanding it's that the person literally like hurt someone super badly and and sometimes you just can't get past this unless there's amendments to be made but we don't see them most of the time it's more about uh i love you so we should be together okay forgiven and sometimes it doesn't feel it, it kind of cheapens the whole book um and i feel like that happens when the misunderstanding or like the dark moment um is so trivial like i guess if that's the way you want to play it but like if it was that superficial like we're gonna see through it um and yeah and like i feel like rosie adams and go deep really threaded that line really well um but like the the one thing that I, I think I mentioned in my review of it was that you know there's always these like um epilogues in romance books that you're like okay you're showing me these people as they're grown up or whatever but in this one it's like a public proposal and I'm like god I hate that I hate public proposals I hate them I love them in media, like given, give me all the public proposals you want. But like for me personally, if you do it to me, even if I would like, if I were to say yes, realistically, I would say no, just because you did it publicly. I don't care. I don't like public proposals. No attention on me whatsoever. Please don't perceive yeah. me. <laughs> you, you seem to, like you have an opinion about it. I was trying to wrap my head around it because yeah, it sometimes misunderstandings happen for a reason. Like I feel when they're like, as you said, when they're trivial, it's annoying. Or when it's something like super, super, super important, like a pregnancy or something, like why aren't you telling the person that you're pregnant? Come on. Um, but for example, in what in <laughs> in Go Deep or in um, Dance with Me you can really see why they they haven't had that discussion yet and that it's because they are like emotionally incompetent and why are they emotionally incompetent so that's an interesting exploration uh but yeah like misunderstanding in general when it's trivial things or when it's things that you cannot absolutely cannot keep a secret from the other person then what's the point like I need an actual justification for it not just like a, oh I'm scared I don't know yeah yeah and I think that is done really well in the roommate risk um because the main character who's like a very flighty um person goes against therapy like wow like a logical step for the main character to have because that she had a lot of mental obstacles that she needed to overcome in order to be 
like actually be in a relationship with someone that she like loves um that therapist that outside perspective uh that isn't involved in any way shape or form um in either a friendship or his family with her um to be the voice of reason be like you're being a little bit cuckoo right now (laughs) (laughs) just like be honest with yourself um and I think that's I I really love that build up for the grand romantic gesture in romance books where like the person actually does the work um to fix what was wrong because that's the the point like there was something wrong and they're doing something to fix it um back to like communication and therapy now that you mentioned it um a big 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 like the biggest pet peeve of mine is to come across the character who because they are afraid of the thing they take out they take themselves out of the equation under the pretense that it's better for the other person or it's like you they deserve better and they don't deserve me like shut up (laughs) like why don't you let them decide yeah 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 it takes out the autonomy of the other person um which is annoying and I feel like when that happens I also I get sick off but again if it's something that the person then goes like either to therapy or talks to someone like about it they're being like you're being an asshole about this and they're like oh okay I see that I'm being an asshole I feel like when that happens it's really good because then when the person approaches the the love interest about it 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 provides a good conversation between them and good communication so bringing it back I think um one of the things I loved about the roommate risk or wanna bet before that um, was that uh, the characters never felt entitled to each other's love. Because like I said before, the, the male protagonist, he was in love with the female protagonist for the, for the longest time, but he never acted on it because they were friends, because they, the opportunity never presented itself. And he never expected anything from her other than being his friend. And sometimes we see friendships being devalued across um, different types of romance plots. Like, I don't want to be only your friend. That sucks. That's not, no. So seeing seeing him put his friendship above uh, the, well, the relationship or his feelings about it and, and without him compromising their friendship was very special for me like for me to enjoy this book even more because sometimes the male leads feel kind of I don't know how to say it, like greasy like like kind of a slime ball with their own intentions you know he he's not a he, he's not an alpha protagonist he's more like a beta protagonist and I really like that like she she's the alpha um not to sound like teen wolf or anything but like um <laughs> but yeah, she definitely has the the leading. She's the lead in the relationship. Like whatever she said, he would follow. And he's not like a pushover, but he was very mindful of her boundaries because she has um, a lot of problems that she has to work through um, through the book. 
So he respects that a lot. And it, it was really nice to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he recognized that she very early on in their friendship and when they first get together because spoiler alert they they did get together when they were teens in college um and then that keeps being a friendship and they were like let's not do this again ever yeah she was like i only want to like it's either friendship or sex and he's like uh, uh i, I want to keep you around forever so friendship friendship I like that oh, sweetest i love him yeah he's like a, a little bit of a golden retriever um type of character which i i really enjoyed um and yeah i i really like that um that he like i, I say this like the bar is so low like he respects her boundaries like <laughs> i was gonna mention that i was gonna say that it's sad that we have been sort of brainwashed by not just the media I feel like I don't, I don't know I don't want to speak for everybody here but my paternal grandma grew up with some very messed up uh, beliefs on being a woman and being um, a wife she passed that on to me so when you start to you know read not just fiction books but um when you start like reading about feminism and aut autonomy and communication and the and you start valuing yourself and maybe even going to therapy sometimes you start realizing that what you are asking from men well specifically in this situation because we are talking about um m slash f romances what you're asking for from men is the bare minimum sometimes these books don't even reach that minimum bar that's why nice to see these books actually you know give us these nice protagonists because we shouldn't we like i mean we can we read all types of romance but most of the time we don't find um how do i say it like good um examples of of what a relationship should be and the For, for for me, these books that you guys um, brought today to the table have all um, been pretty interesting in the way they develop um, their characters mm -hmm. and their romance. Yeah, and I think it's pretty powerful that they're all geared towards an adult audience because adults are, the, or at least in this generation, maybe once the younger generation grows up, it, it will be the norm and it will be great. Um, but at least for our generation and the ones... Um, above above us, not above us, but you know the ones that are older than than us. We like we need these books to to realize that this is important and this kind of romance exists, even if it's not. It's so fictional. Yeah, exactly. Even if it's so fictional. Yeah, because of course, like romance novels are all about like it's a fantasy. It's it, it's what it is. Um, it's a fantasy of an ideal relationship and you know when we see in very hurtful portrayals that like keeping it with like friends with benefits when it becomes like one one part of the puzzle feels like they have complete ownership 
or half like they're entitled to both the friendship and the other person's body it, like sexually that's where I'm going. yeah that's definitely not what I would like to read about like oh we had sex once so what's the problem let's keep having it I don't care about what you think like those those type of things are not are totally a turn off for me it's more about a I, since I respect you as a friend, I will also respect you as a knocking boots buddy, you know? <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. It's, it's so important to, to have these conversations and try to break stereotypes of what a good relationship or a bad relationship are. And also for uh, what... Uh, we as women, and specifically uh, in our books, the ones that you and Marianne chose are featuring Black women, and in mine is um, a Latina. And these demographics, uh, we're taught a very specific thing regarding men. And so I think it's it's very important for these protagonists to be shown in a in a in a healthy relationship in a relationship that grows from something such as friendship and develops into something even more beautiful in this case uh for the for the because we're talking about romance yeah because there's also cultural context that we have to consider whenever we talk about even like white books like <laughs> white protagonists because like there's a certain way that white people view like either like people of color as objects to like fantasize about that are kind of icky at times versus you know we're trying to love ourselves through writing um and you can feel that in go deep and with by realty adams and you can feel that in the roommate risk uh even though like the both protagonists are different like ethnicities or uh, at least different races yeah I was gonna say I loved um in the roommate risk you know they're not it's not a it's an interracial relationship and it's not um white person with person of color they're both people um of color and they bring to the table different cultural issues that maybe would influence in the way that they interact with each other that which is very interesting refreshing you know when we read about interracial romances like despite the fact that this this with me uh she's an afro-latina and dimitri is a white russian man the things that natasha goes through in the book i could relate a lot to because there there's things that like a lot of latina women or at least like women identified uh latinas go through when they're in like relationships or even like when they're going through like mental hardships that's a very specific cultural that's some cultural specificity that a white author wouldn't be able to uh convey in a perfect way and even though like no writer can write something perfectly they they're bringing in some aspects of themselves into the book that are very special for the reader And it's actually, we didn't actually, um, like we never said, oh, let's just uh, promote books of by authors of color, which is, it was just like a thing we did um, subconsciously. Yeah. Uh, because I guess maybe authors of color write better romance, but you didn't hear that. That's me. definitely uh, true. Um, 
So when going back to the TV tropes definition, what do we think? Do we think that it, we probably um, disproved it or we maybe proved it a little bit more? What are you, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think we went a little bit in depth. I feel like the the tvtrope.org <laughs> stretches the surface and we went a little bit deeper. Um, more, more writers should write friends with benefits. That's my For take. Sure. No, I mean, I agree. But also, do you think it's like realistic? Because I know we, we, we talk a lot about this fantasy, these, it's fiction. But do you see that working out for for you, like, would you be in a in a friends a beneficial? Oh no, not me. No, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not that I wouldn't be opposed to it. Like, if someone were to say to me, like, "Hey, do you wanna?" I'd be like, "I mean, I guess." But if you'd have to like, ha we'd have to have like open communication. Which personally, I. I I am one sort of emotionally stunted person. Um, so, you know, that's why I relate to a lot of these um, uh, narratives. Um, so, you know, I, I, I really personally, I do love it, you know, and we can talk more in depth of like the friends to lover pipeline later on because, you know, it's not that I've been in the well i kind of have we can talk about it um uh <laughs> we can talk about give it us the later. Sauce. give us the sauce no we can we can talk about it in, in the future, in the future. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what about you paula would you if you were ever in this situation i don't know i feel like it would involve a lot of communication because maybe they're like maybe we're you know getting naked with each other but also like what if what if they want to get naked with somebody else like I would have to be okay with that but also there would have to be tests because I I don't know who you are sleeping with so but also yeah I do catch feelings really quickly I mean I know people who have been in these type of situations and they're like You know, they're, they're thriving. And I'm like, I wish I could achieve that level of unbothered life. <laughs> but but it's, it's definitely that it's not for everyone. But personally, since I can't, like, since I wouldn't be able to, to connect with it in real life, I'll totally connect with it through books and live through them mm -hmm. vicariously. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. It, I really love this conversation so much because, you know, it's not often that we can, like, dive deep like go deep not pun intended and yeah I really loved talking in depth about this topic that I really love love I love it <laughs> yeah and would you say this is like one of your top tier tropes I think it's definitely up there but especially if it's in tandem with the friends to lovers or like best friends to lovers um, because that I really love reading about. That's one of my favorite trips. I, I'm so glad we, we got to have this conversation. Um, and Marianne, where can we find you uh, online and everything? 
basically yeah uh, you can find me on twitter at bookish boricua boricua b-o-r-i-c-u-a i'm a sensitivity reader you can definitely contact me to sensitivity read your romance i love sensitivity reading romances i'm also a very avid reader i've been in a in the bookish community since maybe 2013 actually that's when i first started my book reviewing blog now i've kind of uh transitioned into more uh inside uh, editorial process that's why i don't do too many reviews lately i will do mine um i am adriana maria martinez figueroa you can find me on twitter instagram and tumblr at bodyguard reads that is B-O-R-I-C-U-A-R-E-A-D-S, Bariqua Reads. Um, I'm also on YouTube somewhere at, uh, under the name Adriana Martinez. Um, and you can find more info about me on BariquaReads.com. I do sensitivity readings and freelance editing, so check that out. Um, hola, if you want to plug your things. Sure, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Gererar, which is G-U-E-R-R-E-R-A-W-R, kind of complicated. Um, and I'm also on YouTube at Paula M. Guerrero. I also have a book club called Accidentally in Love, which you should definitely check out. In June, we are reading uh, His Beauty by Jack Harbin. And I have one live show on Friday, June 4th, to talk about Damaged Goods by Talia Hubert with Sophia. It's so good. And it's quite short. So if you're just listening to this, you should, uh, as soon as you're done listening to this podcast, you should check out Damaged Goods. And then on Saturday, June 5th, I'm talking about Go Deep with Whitney. So check us out. It's going to be fun. So I hope you guys have enjoyed our discussion of friends with benefits. With all that being said, we would like for you to share, subscribe, rate the podcast, leave us a review. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Mapping Tropes and Instagram at Mapping the Tropes. You can also contact us via email, mappingthetropes at gmail.com. If you have trope ideas or things you believe we should cover, or if you would just like to get in touch with us. And nothing, uh, stay tuned for our next episode, which will be coming out any day now. We're mapping the tropes, baby. Mm-hmm.